partner. What's up, bud? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How's uh, COVID treating you? Uh, you know, same old, same old. As yeah. it probably is with everybody else. We don't really know how to start this out properly, but no. you know, it's totally fine. <laughs> we haven't as, left the house in a while. So <laughs> yeah, well, I actually just went to the store, but I don't know if that really counts. I started a job, but that also doesn't count. So yeah, you had a four hour meeting this morning. That was fun. What a, what a man. <laughs> it's not fun. I fell asleep three quarters of the way through it. I didn't do that, but I wanted to, and I had like a cup of coffee and then I had another one and I was like this is and it started at eight like I had to wake up at seven o'clock for this stupid thing yeah listen man you're an adult that's how it is now <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah um so yeah I guess since I'm the podcast guy I'll be the I'll be the narrator or the uh, what is it the moderator of this the leader of this panel this two, <laughs> yeah this this two-man panel so uh so you're an author uh now sort of Un- you're a unpublished, writer but yes yeah so you're on your way you're uh we so i guess to clarify we uh wanted to kind of play off of a interview that i did with another friend of mine but yeah. it not be as much about the quarantine side of things but be about our endeavors during the past couple of months and even year possibly for the specific case that we're talking about here um yeah. So we just decided we'll just have a conversation about what it's like for you to be writing a book. We're going to be talking about some writing um, and not just me, like you write as well. This is not just like a one-sided affair. In fact, we just finished co-writing a short story together. Yeah. um, Which uh, whenever I post this, I'll probably find a way to post a link. I was about to say, we should definitely post a link and get it out there. I kind of want to share it on social media. Um, Basically how that short not to hold on to it too much. Um, but I kind of started this Skyrim short uh, earlier in the semester when I was just bored and I was like, I don't really know what to do. You know what? I'm going to start writing a short. And then I frequently consulted you on advice for this. It was not for an assignment or anything. And then as you were telling me about like how you have been writing uh, your now book series at the time, it was one book and now you are starting one, your second. And then it grew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you kind of guided me <laughs> in the ways of writing. And so you've, we kind of teamed up and we're like, well, let's both write this thing. And, and it's, yeah. it was pretty much 50, 50. Like I, I told my friend, like I was responsible for kind of the plot and the lore and the flow of things. And you were more responsible for the technical aspects of, of writing it, which is not to say that you can't handle the plot and stuff. Cause clearly you've written an, the an lore, entire though, book. The lore is a little bit of a different beast <laughs> because, for your book or for, for no for for the skyrim short so like oh, right, okay right. with my book i created the whole world and right. so like i just naturally i don't understand how it works but i just yeah. kind of know everything about yeah. it like i am the canon my brain is the canon for the book with the skyrim short i've played the game i love mm-hmm. i've played uh oblivion morrowind and skyrim so I know me actually (laughs) (laughs) I have not played them as much as you have played them I I think I've played uh, Skyrim through like once or twice right the other two I played through once and Mm -hmm. I may not have even finished the games Um, yeah but I have like a decent knowledge of the the lore but even then like I had to ask you like I asked you random stuff like really random stuff just to kind of like build out the world a little bit but yeah I remember there was a there's a point in the story when we're like what what does or you put like a jarl which is in you know in skyrim is they are the the kings are more so the mayors of specific towns or provinces 
and I was like, well, in this area of uh, of Elder Scroll of Tamriel, the the or the continent of Tamriel in uh, Elder Scrolls, it's like they don't have jarls they have duchess or counts or duchesses or whatever so yeah it was like little things like that but um i think it's different with writing a writing a short or a, even a full-on story in a pre-established universe is definitely going to be a lot different than creating an entirely new world um which yes. i guess that's kind of a, a good question to say like you know we've been in a class together this semester and i'm i'm curious how did you how did you come up with the world <clears throat> Uh, of your your Man. novel first of all first of all i think probably we need to say our names and everything and then you need to tell yes. the title of your <laughs> book and everything so hi i'm grayson schrader i'm a junior at southern wesleyan university you are i am, I am josh johnson i am a now mostly graduated senior from mm -hmm. southern wesleyan university in like a week pretty much yeah yeah, yeah pretty much so yes we we had several classes together got to know each other Mm. and uh did some short films that was pretty fun yeah that was how yeah. it started short films yeah Man. um yeah i kind of miss those to be honest because it's those were so much fun yeah um but yeah tell about your uh your your book what's the title of this book and how did how did it get all started how'd you come up with Man. this world that is loaded okay so the tentative it's not the final title but the the tentative title for the first book I wrote mm -hmm. was hollow, hollow crowns. Mm -hmm. Dope um, title. Pr pretty dope to start with. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to be a little vague and you know, you don't really know what's going on. Um, but basically I, I made a YouTube video about this actually where mm -hmm. I kind of just explained like, you don't just kind of sit down one day and decide you're going to write a book. Like it kind of has to be something that eats at you over a long period of time. Right. Um, and so when I was younger, I wrote uh, fantasy fiction, but I did mm -hmm. it kind of like, did you ever read Redwall as a kid? Have you ever heard of those books? It's basically, it familiar, but I don't think I know them. It's basically talking animals, um, but it's like not corny. So I, that's the okay. best way I know how to describe it. It's a British guy who wrote them. They are, they're like some of the best children's books in terms okay. of fantasy I think mm -hmm. I've ever read. Yeah. Um, so I grew up reading those and I'm like really terrible about wanting to just copy everything. And so I yeah. essentially ripped that whole idea. I was like, okay, I'm going to write stories with talking animals. Okay. And they were terrible. They were, this was when you awful. were a kid. This was when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13. All right. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're bad and they are in notebooks in the closet and nobody will ever see them ever. Yeah. Aside from that one YouTube video. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, so I had like, I knew, okay, this is pretty fun and I like doing it, but I had no like concept of, you know, like technical anything. Like I just like telling the stories. And so uh, in high school, I didn't read hardly at all. And I didn't really write hardly at all. And it just kind of like went by the wayside. I forgot about it until honestly for like, it might've been about six or seven years where I did not think about writing a book or I didn't really read that much either. And then I think this would have been, so this would have been about a year ago, junior year. I took a creative writing class at SWU just honestly, cause it sounded fun. And I'd written quite a few short film scripts 
Um, but I definitively thought that I was going to pursue filmmaking uh, as a career choice. And so I wasn't going into it thinking, I'm going to write a book and use this class to do it. I just kind of took it because it sounded cool. Mm. And so for about 75% of that class, I screwed around. I did like the easiest assignment I could. Like I basically, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted, but I was doing it like the easiest way I knew how, because it was just constant writing. Right. So probably one of the last assignments I did, I wrote a short story about uh, a character whose father he has never met him. And essentially the short story was, it's this guy who lives in the middle of nowhere. He's, he's a lot like me. Like he's just really skinny, had like some self-confidence issues as a kid. Um, and he's always dreamed of being more than what mm -hmm. he is. And essentially the story, he finds out his uh, dad, he's, he's a bastard. And he finds out who his dad is. And it turns out he's one of like the worst people alive. That's fun. So that kind of was the start. And that actually is the first chapter of the book. Um, mm -hmm. It's been rewritten, you know, like three times now. Yeah. Um, and that initial short story was terrible. Uh, at least, <laughs> at least compared to like, right. My writing now, it's just like, I read it back sometimes. And I'm like, that is awful you still have it oh yeah i still got it um, okay cool i've got it printed out somewhere <laughs> i will never you know do anything with it because it's terrible but yeah I, and i remember uh specifically thinking from that class like i was i was like i'm squarely like seventh in this class in terms of how good i am at writing yeah i was like i don't <laughs> i don't think i'm good uh, right. and it was and part of it was like really demoralizing because I was like all these people in here can write so much better than me and yeah for context it was mostly English majors and a few media communication majors yeah we're both and, media communications majors yeah right yeah um so all the people there I was like oh all these people like you know they read Dubliners and of Mice and Men and just like stuff like that that no <laughs> normal person would read and so I was like they automatically have got a leg up and um I was like I'm not good at writing and so then the inevitable thing happens with authors where I wrote the short story, I turned it in for a grade and I didn't really think much of it. And then it started growing in my mind. And I don't, I don't really know how to explain it other than it just took on a life of its own Yeah, and other characters showed up and the mm -hmm. story kind of like took shape as they showed up. And so after that would have probably been, I want to say that was like the la a year ago. So like last May, probably. Okay. I kind of started realizing there's a larger story here. And mm -hmm. it was kind of just a question of like, okay, what's it like to have a dad who's just like awful? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, what is that like when you don't know who your dad is, you've longed for him? to know who he is and he's awful yeah like what would that be like um and that was really interesting to me so and watch star wars um, yes <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, all right. And that's the end of the interview. Goodbye. <laughs> no, he, no, I, I didn't think, get his hand cut off, but you know, yeah. it's basically the same thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similar concepts. I, I mean, you're a big fantasy. We're, we're both big uh, nerds to say yes. the least. <laughs> um, and we have, we're not like, I think you've said it best. We're not like in your face nerds. Although like I'm a little more so than you are. You don't look at it first glance for me. It's like, okay, I've got like, Star Wars shirts. You've and got like Star Wars knickknacks, and I'm like, why on, why do you spend your money on this stuff? But you know yeah, what? I have a light. I get it. Like there. I have a stupid large movie collection, and I've got a ton of yep. books. I, like everybody's got their weird thing. So yeah, exactly. Um, so I think obviously different fantasy inspires other fantasy. And, and when you were saying how it was kind of like you know it was lingering in the back of your mind, there's a chapter in one of the books we were reading for our class um, for advanced composition. It was in um it was the c.s lewis book what was the first one uh of other worlds of other worlds right and he, there's a chapter in that where he's talking about how like that's how often stories come to life yeah it's like yeah. they have a thought right and then that thought kind of starts to take a life of its own you know and it's to the point where it's like nagging at you like you kind of yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, I really want to do this. And, and I think the same way goes with, with filmmaking because I'm, a, I'm someone who I, would, I enjoy doing short films. And honestly, um, I, I love doing my podcast and everything. But I mean, I would love to one day work on, you know, feature films. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're I think both, big both of us would. Yeah, oh, like yeah. I totally, uh, I was going to go that route where I was like, I'm going to go try and get in Hollywood. And mm -hmm. I've kind of like scaled back on that and pursued other avenues of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think making a movie would be one of like the three coolest things that could ever happen to me in my life. Oh, oh yeah. So I still think yes. you have a chance of it too. Cause I think we live in a generation where um, it's frequently like said in a lot of studies that we are the generation that doesn't like to stick to one job. Yeah. And so, you know, if you wanted to be, I'm, I guarantee if there was one day you're like, you know, I, I'm an author, but I'm also like a filmmaker and stuff. Like I think you could easily achieve that, but obviously we're here to talk about more of the author side of things. Right. Um, there's, there's a chapter in that, that book, um, and it's a very short chapter, but it was taught C.S. Lewis is talking about how he has essentially like an image in his head. Yeah. Um, what was the image in your head? If you have one, cause I feel like different writers have different ways of inventing stories, but I think Lewis is onto something there that it's, that's definitely one of the more popular ways to envision a story. So like, what was the image that was in your mind? Yeah, so there was never one specific image. Um, granted, I am extremely uh, visual. So like if you'll see right over here, these two <laughs> framed things are maps. Um, and so like I have to visualize like where things are happening and like where these characters are going. Yeah. And so you can't really the see way. them. But those two things are, uh, it's like the map of the main continent where everything happens and then like a side continent where some things happen. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but essentially, like George R. R. Martin, the guy who wrote Game of Thrones, you know, yeah, that guy. Little thing, yeah. little, <laughs> little, little thing. book series, you know. <laughs> he always says in interviews that the tale grew in the telling for him. And mm -hmm. I think it's really similar for me in that uh, I didn't really have an image so much as I wrote that short story and those characters kept like calling back to me. Yeah. Um, and then other characters showed up. Um, and so like that, that, uh, that bastard son from the short story, he's a main character in the book, but he's like one of three. 
Um, so other you. characters showed up. And in fact, I don't like think that, like the bastard son is probably like the third most interesting character of those three. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, I think one thing I learned was you want to put characters in interesting situations and just let the human being in them find their way out of it. Yeah. And that happened a lot for me, especially trying to figure out like how to write a book. Cause it's, you know, it seems really simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh yeah, books are so hard to write. Like, yeah, go me. But like, it's, <laughs> it's really hard. Like I can it's imagine taken, yeah. it's taken a year. Um, and you know, I don't even know if it's any good, but it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's going to be good. I listen, he hasn't, so he hasn't let me like, well, I have read a small chunk in the second book when he was trying to kind of visualize some of the scenes for the short, you know? Um, And, you know, we were trying to put a lot of, uh, a lot more detail and uh, nuance into it without it being kind of overwhelming. Um, And so I haven't like read any of the first book. Um, So I don't have a whole lot of like (laughs) credibility to be like, Oh yeah, it's amazing. I've never read it, but I mean, it's, it's amazing for sure. But like, I'm very excited to read it um, because of that, because you've been putting a lot of time. You've been putting almost sometimes too much time into it (laughs) when it comes to procrastinating on your schoolwork and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not been good. So yeah, I think I had a couple more questions Um, or I mean, I had actually quite a bit more questions, but um, so yeah, I kind of asked like what you uh, made you decide you want to do it. Um, and you kind of already answered that it wasn't something you always wanted to do. Um, more so something that kind of came on recently within the past couple of years. Um, the past year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to say, like, what was the process like, you know, like, like what has the process been like thus far? The process is, Oh, the process is the best part. Um, so, okay. It has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this is, I didn't know what I didn't know when I started. Um, and like the only way to learn is to just kind of do it and write really crappy words yep. and then just write more words. Um, and so to kind of like frame that, I think right now the manuscript for hollow crowns is like 84,000 words somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark. So that comes out to like, in a published book, you can expect like 340 pages ish. Okay. So it's not super long, but to illustrate the point, I think I've deleted probably like 13,000 words out of it of just like chapters where I had to completely scrap them because they stunk or, you know, scenes that didn't work because they stunk like lots of stuff that I had to cut out because it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is the process of writing, like I, from what I can tell and what I've gathered and my own experience, I've learned the most just by doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've, I was never really taught. I I didn't take any classes on writing aside from that one creative writing class. And that taught me a little bit, but that didn't, that didn't teach me a whole lot about writing a book. Like it's just so much bigger and 
you you kind of have to write to your genre and it's a fantasy novel and so fantasy novels are tomes like these things are massive mm-hmm. you think about some of the best fantasy books often are like 200,000 words 300,000 words yeah. you know 500 600 700 i'm reading one right now that's 1100 pages long and that's common oh uh, yeah no, so I, mean, I can definitely write, see that to write a story that big and with that many characters and and i totally and and this is just because I was naive and I was like, you know, why the heck not? I was like, I'm going to write the biggest thing I can think of, which is stupid, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should never do that because it's, if you think about it, you're going to be like, what am I doing to myself? You're yeah. like, you're going to ruin the next three years of your life. You're going to have no social life because you're like, <laughs> I have to write this stupid book that won't leave me alone. And you made it into this massive beast and it could have just been like, oh, I, I'm just going to write like a 60,000 word, like you know, really long novella and it's going to be really cool. And I'm going to get, po- no, I was like, I got to write this big old massive, you know, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all of that to say, I think the process is really fun because it's just consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had periods where I've been like really inconsistent. And honestly, most of that is because I'm not great about prioritizing things. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really one track minded and mm-hmm. there's periods where all I want to do is write. And the only breaks I'm taking from writing are eating and sleeping. And that's pretty much it. Um, but Dedication. there's also, it's stupid, <laughs> but you know, it gets it done. But there's also periods where I'm like, ah, I just want to like hang out with people and yeah. actually function like a human being. Yeah. Um, and I'm really terrible about balance. I mean, I think that's probably the healthiest way to go about it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, nor I am, a, nor am I a writer, but I would say knowing from the way famous writers often go, think of like Stephen King or something like they're the way their writing process can sometimes be a little much. Um, yeah. It can be a little rigid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's like, listen, you're still a human. Granted, sometimes you just, I mean, some people just don't like people, but yeah. I think sometimes you kind of have to take a little bit of breaks, but at the same time, yeah. you don't want it to be, get to the point where you're just like, you know, putting it off. Yeah. Otherwise you'll lose your creative drive. I think I kind of uh, experienced that with that short until it became a thing of like, oh, I could probably double this as a, as an assignment. Um, yeah. And that kind of yeah. gave me the motivation I needed to, or for us to work on that together. Yeah. Um, and One I'm thing really I, glad that it's finally like finished. Cause that was always like, Oh, I need to finish this. I need to finish this. And yeah, I never did. Yeah. One thing I found was that I'm really, I like to set smaller goals. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing was, uh, kind of when I was like conceptualizing and for this first book also, I did a terrible job of like planning it. And so I had mm-hmm. to kind of like scrap it halfway through and rewrite a whole bunch. Anyway, that's yeah. a whole side tangent. <laughs> um, but one thing I was, you know, thinking about when I was conceptualizing it as I was like, okay, to get this thing published, right, you have to hit a word count benchmark just for an editor or a agent to actually look at it. Yeah. And so for the fantasy genre, which this is, generally speaking, you've got to hit like 75, 80,000 words. Mm -hmm. And you kind of want it, it can be anywhere between 75, 80 to like 150. And if you're established, you can write whatever you want and they'll publish it. But for a first time author, me, I kind of have to fit those parameters in order to get it even looked at. Mm -hmm. And so from the get go, I was like, okay, I got to write like 75,000, 80,000 words. 
how am I going to do that? Like <laughs> I have characters and I have a decent idea, like how to structure a story. Cause I've done some filmmaking and things like that, but those were all small scale projects. Like this is yeah. going to not be small scale at all. Like this is going to take yeah. a long time and I'm going to have to stick with it for a while. Um, and so what I realized was I was like, okay, if I decide I'm going to write 500 words a day, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it kind of adds up after a while. Yeah. So if you write 500 words a day, I want to say, and my math is terrible, but I think, you know, what is that like? So I'm seven, it's like 42, it's like between 3,500 and 4,000 words a week. Mm -hmm. That's seven days a week with no breaks. So you take one out. That's like, it's about between 3,000. It's like 3,300, something like that. Yeah. I'd so, say it's probably a three, 3,000 to 3,500, probably yeah. somewhere. So in there. if you're getting in between 3,000, 3,500 words a week, you can write a 150,000 word novel in a year. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, it just needs to be consistency and mm -hmm. you don't have to be Stephen King used to write like 2000 words a day, which I've tried by the way on YouTube didn't work. Uh, it, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is really, that. really hard. Um, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to, you can't do it in bursts. Yeah. Um, you can't just sit down and decide I'm going to write 5,000 words today. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I realized I got to be consistent with this. Mm -hmm. And the thing, the, the thing that made me realize I actually love doing it was I have written so many words and I've spent so many hours and I've taken so many days uh, and afternoons when I could be doing other things to write this and I keep doing it. Um, it's, and I really think it's because the characters I'm so invested in them personally, mm -hmm. like I want to know what happens to them. Um, I want to know if these situations I've stuck them in, like, are they going to get out of it? And part of that is I don't really outline a ton Okay. I know some, some I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So some writers outline the whole story beforehand mm -hmm. and then they just sit down and write the words to fill in all these, you know, plot points that they put in. And some writers just kind of sit down and a novel just kind of comes out onto their computer screen, which makes which is insane. Absolutely no sense. Like, yeah. I don't know how you can just sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to write a book. Like that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> absolutely mm -hmm. incredible. So I am kind of somewhere in between. Um, I have to give, and I realized this writing the book was when I just kind of let myself go, dumb stuff happens. Like characters make stupid decisions and the, the chapters are pointless and nothing goes anywhere. Like they just kind of sit around and talk to each other and nothing cool actually happens. And it just gets yeah. really boring. And I also put them in situations that are just like, like, why would they do that? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. And so I realized that about halfway through mm -hmm. the book and I was like, okay, I've got to do a better job about actually giving myself some structure. Cause this is just really noodly and waffly and like, it's just not good writing. And so I realized, okay, practically what I can do is, is I can outline each chapter and I can just take it chapter by chapter. And so that typically plays out as like one or two scenes and I can plan that and I can, so I'll, I have a writing software where I can put notes off to the side and I will write a couple sentences of notes for each chapter. Um, 
and then I will allow myself room to explore. Um, and that's kind of like the, I need to figure out what happens, but I also need to know where I'm going because otherwise it just gets really ludicrous and characters do things that don't make any sense. And, you know, I don't want that. So yeah. I found that I'm, I had to be somewhere in between the outliner and the, the pantser, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I had to be somewhere in the middle and then I just had to be consistent. And I was like, okay, eventually this thing will get written. I just kind of have to keep grinding at it constantly. Yeah. And now I'm, I think it's, I'm working on the second draft. So essentially I'm at the point where the story is all there mm-hmm. and now I just need to uh, work on the prose, the writing, the grammar. My grammar is not great. Uh, there's hope for people out there. I'm not great at grammar and I wrote a book. <laughs> um, yeah, it's impressive. But I'm now just kind of like in the, in the tweaking stage and I've started yeah. drafting the second book and I think it's like 12 or 13,000 words into that. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you made it that much depth into the, the second book. Yeah, because yeah. I realized editing is the bane of my existence and I hate it. <laughs> so yeah. I can't edit and not be drafting. Right. Uh, and so I was like, I have to start writing book two because I need an outlet for all this pent up creative energy. I have to mm-hmm. be writing, like actually writing. Uh, yeah. So I started writing book two while I'm editing the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of in, like interested about the whole outlining thing because a friend and I were also working on um, kind of a, I mean, it's, I don't know. I doubt it'll ever get published. It'd be sweet if it did, but considering how ambitious uh, and how large this IP is, I mean, we're to put it bluntly, like we're writing a Star Wars. Yeah. 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 You show me this. Yeah. Um, And I mean, this has been like a concept we've had for since we've met maybe 2016 or 2017. Um, So yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. Uh, If you can see my room, I mean, I've got like a a blaster there. I've got a replica lightsaber, two replica lightsabers, actually. Uh, Like it posters everywhere. It gets crazy. And so, um, yeah, you're the largest Star Wars fan. I know it's not close. Yeah, it's (laughs) I take pride in it, honestly. Yeah. Um, But my friend and I, we kind of met and bonded through Star Wars and we decided what if we made like a story reflecting our own lives and kind of like our personalities, I guess, but we also wanted an arc. So it definitely doesn't end like how it does in real life. Um, but I often go back, I'm like, you know, we've been brainstorming ideas of like, but it's always like, well, how are they going to get to here and here and here? And yeah. so like, I'm honestly at the point where I'm like, okay, I want to sit down and I want to make an outline. I want it to be like, this is what's happening to this character in the beginning. And like, this is how, like, we know like the three, essentially like I know the three act structure of it. And I assume, I assume books follow the kind of the similar method with a three act structure. Um, Not necessarily, but some, yes. Interesting. Explain. Explain. Mine is not important as yours is. (laughs) Uh, This is just from what I've found out because I have totally nerded out about this whole subject. So could be wrong. But what I've found is structures are kind of floozy. And by that, I mean, um, there's multiple ways of going about it. So you have a classic three-act structure. Um, There's also a five-act structure, which is used pretty often. But the thing I've found, and and it really, it comes down to the author's personal preference. It kind of is like, what will work best for you? Um, and also like, what do you want to accomplish 
with the story. So for me, I found, in fact, the guy who created uh, Rick and Morty, he, Dan Harmon, he posted a story wheel uh, on the internet and I found it and it was perfect. In fact, I've got it posted up uh, next to this writing desk where it, it kind of, uh, it creates a rise, uh, like beginning, middle, end within each book, scene, chapter, uh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of creates like a full circle of action in any way you want to use it. So it can be like super meta where you have like the big stuff, but it can also be super minor where all like little stuff is happening. Um, so it can be even like within a conversation, you have like a beginning, middle, end, rising action, falling action, climax, all that stuff. Okay. So all that to say, it really truly comes down to the story you want to tell. Yeah. And kind of knowing where you want to go with it and then mm -hmm. figuring out a plot structure that works yeah. for that story. So there's like plot archetypes, yeah. you know, like the hero's journey, the Hobbit, mm -hmm. even Lord of the Rings. Um, there's like uh, the, uh, I think it's the Italian job is the heist plot archetype okay. uh, where like, I, if I remember right, it's, you know, your protagonist uh, like has to go find a team the team teams up they have some issues that they have to overcome uh, then they set their sights on a goal they prepare for the goal they get to the point where they're about to achieve the goal and then you know everything goes wrong yeah and uh, so then you they look like they're defeated and then there's a twist at the end where it's like oh actually they weren't defeated and they actually figured it out yeah okay if, if I'm right that's basically how that one goes so there's a lot of different ways you can leverage a story to fit a plot archetype or a plot structure. Mm -hmm. um, but it really kind of comes down to like what you want to do and where you want to take the story and what you yeah. want to do with it. Yeah. So what is, what does yours follow then without giving it away, I guess. So I didn't use one. Um, okay. I kind of, is it, and it, that's possible. You did like, you just don't use one. Like yeah, you so, create your own. What I did with the first one, there is, instinctively some of those things in mm -hmm. there like there's the 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 basic like beginning rising climax uh falling action conclusion like there is that basic stuff yeah but i didn't and if it's if you read it i think you would find like oh there's a structure here he just didn't really know it and it just kind of happened <laughs> um and i think that's probably what it was that was book one book two i structured a lot differently but with book one, it was truly like, I just kind of want to tell it. Like I just kind of made it. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and this is like the worst way to do this. I just kind of made it. And then I went back and I kind of tweaked it to fit a coherent structure. Yeah. Um, and I didn't plan hardly at all. Like mm -hmm. I just kind of wrote it. And that truly is like the worst way to go about writing a book. Cause it will, you'll spend so much extra time doing stuff you should have done in the first place. Yeah. Um, and it's terrible and I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, but with the second book, I structured it a lot more. Um, and so I followed not really a three act structure, but kind of like an archetypal plot where I have individual rises and falls and like false climaxes and things like that. So I kind of just wanted to like do a lot better job of plotting it beforehand just to kind of like have a general idea where it's going.
but also I'm allowing myself room where I'm like, okay, if I don't really like where this goes and these things that I've said, I kind of want to do this. Yeah. If I don't like that, I'm going to change it. And then, you know, hopefully it's not too drastic where I screw up the entire story, but <laughs> I'll allow myself room to do that. Yeah. I got you. Interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely like weird because I feel like when most of the stories I've written, I've never really been like, I want to do this archetype, you know? And I don't know if. Right. And I, I never thought know. of that either. Like yeah. it was just, I researched it and that seemed to be a thing people did. And I was like, oh, maybe they're onto something. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely feel you. Um, this is, you know, I'm going to ask this question because I feel like this one is not super loaded. Um, cause I feel like a lot of the questions have been, um, <laughs> but like who or what were some of your inspirations when kind of jumping into this whole thing, man. Okay. I am very easily influenced. Yeah. Um, and that's both, that. a, both a good and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, truly the first major inspiration in terms of like tone, um, was game of Thrones. Um, okay. And I really hope that this story never comes off as like, oh, this is like one of those Game of Thrones copycats. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's similar in that it's kind of got like, like there's houses and it's families warring with one another. Um, political intrigue, probably. There's a little bit of political intrigue, but it's nowhere near that level because I knew like I can't hold up. Like it's just yeah. not going to work. I know that's not going to be a strength. That's like what Game of Thrones is known for it being like, right. it's the fantasy genre with politics. <laughs> right. It's like the West Wing with swords and dragons. Yeah. So yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that to that extent, mm -hmm. but I really liked just the kind of cutthroat nature of it. And politics, I think, play a, a role in my story, but not to that extent. Um, and I really felt like once I got my legs under me and figured out like what I was doing, that character was going to be the thing that was going to be the most interesting. And so <clears throat> I think it truly is going to be like, you will either love or hate the main characters. Um, but I think they're, I've written them kind of polarizing um, to the extent that I don't think everybody will universally love them. There's no Tyrion Lannisters, anything like that. Yeah. Um, there's like, Cersei Lannisters and you know characters that like you will give mixed feelings on or, right or that yeah scene. yeah so uh but also even down to the way I write I'm influenced as well and that truly like I notice it and maybe the person reading it won't notice this but I'm influenced by what I'm reading at the moment while I'm writing it um so all that to say I am extremely influenced and what I've realized is authors and creators in general, uh, all their original works are just amalgams of something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and the really good ones do that without you knowing it. And so I really hope that it comes across as something that even though I know I totally like ripped stuff from other people, yeah. the person reading it doesn't know like, Oh, this is game of Thrones 2.0. And yeah, like crappy version or you know like this is brandon sanderson minus yeah. cool magic or you know things <laughs> like that like i hope it's not that yeah and i really hope that, that comes across but you know i wrote it so i'm biased so do you do you feel it's unique enough i think yeah i think so um i think the way 
it truly is like the houses and the it's it's familial warfare mm-hmm. is kind of what it is and it's about survival and um it, long story short it's set in a tumultuous civil war yeah and uh to give like a backdrop to what's going on for people who don't know and even you um in in the background we have had a family that has been ruling this country for like two or three generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially what happens is uh, there's a rebellion. And in this rebellion, one of the main characters takes part with the crown, with the king. But the king is killed and this usurper takes control of the country. And so then this uh, guy whose family was on top because they were sided with the king, they had favor with the crown. All of a sudden they are underdogs and they are like, you know, being watched by this new king. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like family struggles on like whether to remain loyal to the king that is the new king, the usurper, or the previous family that ruled for X amount of years. And so there's, you can see infighting within the family and, this main character has to make decisions um, that he feels will impact his family in the future, but he's got to make really tough decisions about survival. Like, you know, if I don't do this one thing, we're all going to die. Yeah. Um, They're going to come in and wipe us out. Things like that. So it is very different. Um, It's not as like wide in scope as some others, but it's also definitely bigger than even others. Um, so I feel like it's pretty unique in that it is pretty familial, but not in like the Game of Thronesy sense where it's just like trumped up to 11 and like mm-hmm. truly medieval fantasy guised as fantasy or medieval history guised as fantasy. That's yeah. But yeah. yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. I, I wish I was a bit more familiar on the subject. Cause I feel like, I feel like it'd be cool. Maybe at some point we haven't decided on this uh, at all. And I'm just not bringing this up that maybe one day after I read the book, we have like a panel discussion where we oh, like, be wonderful. or I have like an interview, like where I talk, like I interview the author of this and stuff like that. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be, cool. <laughs> that'd be super I, cool. I mean, I, I've told you for a while, like I've, I I want to read it because I mean, you're my friend, but also just because like, I like fantasy and I don't read a whole lot other than like, very specific uh already pre-existing like universes and stuff like i'm a big harry potter fan lord of the rings star wars i'm like and they have a lot of star wars books and i like to read those so um yeah so so i need to like change it up you know yeah if you like dark uh it's not dark but like if you like darker fantasy with a little bit more like at times it's difficult to read but you know nothing like the red wedding or anything like that um (laughs) It's 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 definitely adult fantasy and it's yeah. borderline grim dark fantasy. Yeah. So if if you're into that, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Um so this is kind of maybe a little off the wall, but um what were what are some other genres down the road that you maybe want to write? Because this is your first one yeah. and you're working on a second one. And I, I think you're you're planning on making it a trilogy, right? Yeah, that's the plan. I've got okay. it kind of like outlined in my head to be a trilogy. At this okay. Point. Um, so beyond that, to say if you keep on pursuing your passion of of being an author, being a writer, what is like some genres or some settings or something that you may want to explore if you have any? Yeah. So 
and this isn't quite a genre, but I really want to explore uh, short stories more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written a couple, but I think they're a great way to like practice without having to take on the bear of a whole book. Um, oh yeah. So I want to pursue that more, but also in terms of genres, I really want to kind of get into thrillers at some point. Um, okay. I'm a sucker for a fast paced, well executed thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is I knew straight off the bat, I couldn't write it because I didn't have the ability to structure a plot that would work. Yeah. And I feel like with a thriller, you really have to like know where you're going mm-hmm. in order to foreshadow your payoffs towards the end of the story. And I knew with a fantasy, I was going to have time to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I really want to do a thriller. I, I really like the Jack Reacher novels. Um, I'm a big fan of Lee Child. Um, <clears throat> I also like, uh, like, what is it? Uh, like lawyer, what, what is it? Uh, like David Baldacci um kind of like lawyer thrillers interesting okay if you will i don't i don't know like i like espionage and and things like that um because it's it's one of those things where i feel like if you drop a character in an impossible situation and you Mm -hmm. like have done your homework with this character and you can just kind of write them if you drop them in an impossible situation a really cool story will come out of it um so i've really always wanted to try that plus they don't have to be so freaking long yeah. And I think that'll be nice having to do yeah. like a 70,000 word story instead of, you know, 120 or whatever I'm aiming for. Yeah. The thriller genre. I, I haven't read many, but my dad loves them. And they're obviously, they're always a lot short, shorter than, uh, than something like a, like a, a big beast of a series. Cause yeah. I, and I don't know why that is. Cause I honestly, I'm like, sometimes I get annoyed with fantasy. I'm like, Oh my, I'm like, this is just almost obnoxious at this point. It gets you know? a little stereotypical sometimes. Yeah. yeah I totally feel like you should read this book series. It's like, it'll take you nine years to read, but like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One other I, thing I want to try is Westerns. And I know that is, ooh. yeah. So those yeah. <laughs> are like marketing nightmares. Really? Yeah. Western. Uh, and again, could be wrong, mm-hmm. but Westerns, especially for film, like you have to be famous to get somebody to actually, you know, pay for you to make it. And with books as well, they just don't sell the way like a YA fantasy novel will or a thriller novel will or, you know, almost name it and a Western will sell worse. Yeah. Um, So there's Business plays a lot into it. Yes. Business plays a huge role into it. There's established authors like Louis L'Amour, William Johnston that have written like tons of Westerns and they're for the most part really, really good. And I grew up reading them. And so I was always like, a Western would be really cool. It'd be sick. And it, yeah. And again, they can be really short. Like they can be, you know, 150 pages, 200 pages. And Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, a lot of Louis L'Amour's are like 30,000, 40,000 words. Okay. So I got to check some of these out. Cause, yeah. Because I'm a big Western guy. Like, I mean, and, and it's not just like in, I mean, in any capacity, I like, I like Westerns. I mean, it's video games i'd say like red dead redemption are like some of my favorite yeah. games of all time yeah. yeah um and even like uh django unchained which i guess that movie is so good yeah, that movie <laughs> that is movie fantastic is so i just love like the those really gritty modern takes on westerns yes um yes. and so i think it'd be awesome if you did like a, a western but yeah it's like it's like i think i'm biased and maybe you are as well that like we tend to think like, why would they sell bad? But it's like, that's not really a popular genre. It's gotten, it's not. Yeah. 
it's gotten bigger, but it's also like, you know, I think of the, the biggest Westerns and like movies at least um, in the past couple of years. And it's all been like with a lot, like you said, bigger names, like you had like yeah. the Coen brothers doing um, yeah. the bat, like the ballad of Buster Scruggs and, and stuff like that. So yeah. I think there's Western fatigue a little bit. Cause we had spaghetti yeah. Westerns throughout the, like the forties, fifties, sixties and seventies. Yeah. I mean, it was, so it we had dominated like, that market. Right. So we had like Clint Eastwood, John Wayne movies. Yeah. And I really think there was some kind of like, I'm sick and tired of seeing this over and over and over mm-hmm. and like the same archetypes beat to death. Yeah. Um, so the Westerns now, I've seen like two types of them. You see like a Coen Brothers Western, like No Country for Old Men, where it's just like, it's a Western, but it's very different. It's very dark. Um, it's it's almost Western in like visuals only, you know? Yeah, because it's a modern movie. Like that, that right. mo- and uh, even, um, what is it? Wind River. I would yeah, consider right. that like a Western, a Western, but it's not like, it's like modern day, but it's, right. you know, set in a very like, I, I think Western is not necessarily a time period as much as it is like kind of a, it has to be a bit more laid back in terms of the law and a, like a, like a yeah. frontier, you know? Yeah. And they're taking like old spaghetti Western plots and mm-hmm. taking them and putting them in other genres, like with mm-hmm. Logan, like that was 100% a Western, but it was a superhero yeah. movie and it worked because there wasn't that like, I'm sick and tired of this whole Western vibe. Yeah. But because you had that like rough and rugged drifter character, which mm-hmm. is like totally what Westerns are. Mm-hmm. It's just this Ronin character that comes in, shakes things up, and then it yeah. you know, goes from there. Yeah. Um, because that character was already pre-established and there was already a love for him. Mm-hmm. They just took a Western story. Yeah. And then I mean, I know it, for it a was fact worked so well. If they took like if they made, you know, something of, of an old I mean I think they when they remade True Grit, I don't remember who directed that. Um, like that was obviously a big one with John Wayne and and things like that. But that's kind of yeah. off off topic. Um, but a little bit. But but you know, yeah, I didn't want to go too far off the <laughs> off to the side of it. But yeah, um, anything else besides besides those two? Besides like thrillers? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot you would want to explore. But like those probably yeah. seem like the top of your list. Those are probably the top. I think I'll continue uh, exploring fantasy. Um, it's really wide open and I've realized there's a bunch of different avenues you can go with fantasy. Um, and there, I think there's getting to be a little bit of epic fantasy fatigue, but I've read some stories in fantasy that are wholly different than anything Mm -hmm. else I've ever read before. Mm -hmm. Um, like there is one series called, I want to say it's called the dragon Republic and it's, I think it's Chinese fantasy. Maybe it's Japanese. I could be getting it wrong, Okay, but it's like, Asian fantasy. Yeah. And it is wonderful. That sounds awesome. Super good. It's uh grim dark and it's tough, but it is really, really good. And uh one book I read recently was like African inspired fantasy. And it was wonderful. Um that so sounds there, sick. Yeah. So there's different ways to approach the genre. And I definitely approached it from like a <laughs> like a medieval European sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I didn't do anything unique there by any means but um one thing that intrigues me is doing like a renaissance like an italian renaissance style fantasy oh, yeah. oh like, yeah you know assassin's creed but not mm-hmm. um something mm-hmm. like that that would be really really cool um so there's a, a, a multitude of different ways i could go yeah. um but i think i'm going to use uh short stories as like the vessel mm-hmm. after i finish these get these out of my system 
um, just because I'll want some breathing room, I think. And then also just to kind of explore different genres and different genre archetypes and just figure out like what I'm good at and what I'm not. Yeah. Um, coming from someone who's never written a book and, and maybe that whole Star Wars thing would be like, I, it, you, it's not like you can go up to like Lucas though and be like, hey, listen, I wrote a Star Wars book. Here you go. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> right. and then it's like, I'm famous now. Like there's yeah. a lot. I mean, my whole writing process behind this whole thing is like, I want it to fit in the canon, you know? Um, we have like two, two endings that, uh, what one that I consider the canon ending and one that I consider the non-canon ending. And I think the good thing about writing in a universe that's already pre-established, which is what I've dominantly or predominantly done. I don't think I've ever created a universe in my mind because as much as I would love to, it's just really hard to like, without it being like, I want it to be this, you know, like, right. or I want it to like, uh, and it not be compared to something else because that's how it always is and, yeah. and even when i like i'm making stuff i'm like basically it's this and this combined like i think yeah. there was something i was i was telling you maybe i was telling one of my other friends and i was like yeah i want to do this like i want to write this and it's basically a combination of of this and this and they were they were like oh that's cool um i don't remember what it what it was but it was like you're combining two pre-existing things and it's like it kind of takes some yeah. of the originality out of it yeah um but with like with this whole star wars short it's called jedi brotherhood it's a very cliche name obviously that could change down the road again but like, i have not read this yeah and i want to <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i could definitely tell you the kind of the plot structure and i think it's really good and original to listen i'm someone who i'd consume almost every version of star wars and i'm someone who like yeah, this is different. Like, yeah, it, I think it has a little bit of like, uh, I don't know. It, it's more so it is, it is a story about friendship. And yeah. I think that's something that's never really been explored in star Wars before. I mean, it, like there are clear friendships, but it's like, and, and so I was like, you know, one day, like, because I know so much about Canon, and obviously they could change things about this, you know, but, and like, I'd have to get better at my prose because God knows the way you just completely <laughs> added to the whole Skyrim short that my prose just sucks. Um, <laughs> like it, it was not needs... that bad. It was not that bad. Yeah. We're okay. We're sitting there and I'm like, all right, so here's this whole section. And he's like looking and he's like, Shh, delete. And he just rewrites <laughs> the whole thing. Like he keeps the essence of it, but I was like, I guess this sucks. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm going to clear this up now yeah, while yeah, it's on the record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I have said this to you, but <clears throat> prose is learned over time, mm -hmm. and it is not something that you're just born with. Like, yeah, everybody's prose, except for like five people in the world, everybody's prose stinks yeah. from the start. And I can tell you, mine in the very beginning was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> um, like unreadable, like fragment sentences where it's just like, what yeah. is this noob doing? Really bad. Yeah. And so yours was not that, except, you know, at the start it was written in like the wrong person, but you know, we figured it out. It was fine. Yeah. We I split from first person to third person and, <laughs> and basically like in the middle when it got to more action oriented stuff, I was basically like, I want to get the plot down as fast as I can possible. Right. And, yeah. I, and like, I, and then it's like, and then I'll go back and fix it. And that's like the most fun part is when you get, when you're starting, you know, when you're yes. getting like the, yes. Oh, and I want to just get like this all word down. Barf. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like we were like talking about this action scene and I was like, I was like, it's not that bad. And I re like, as you described it to me, I read it and I was like, oh yeah, this kind of like, 
it's kind of just like, so this happened and this happened and this happened. And then he went over here and right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Rather than it being like a vivid, like, you know, description in your head, like you could see it, but you couldn't see it with like the, the, the eyes of somebody doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, even that. Yeah. That's the way I realized, like I, I wrote these, these, I wrote this book in third person limited, which basically means like, I can, it's not just the one person's perspective. Um, I'm describing everything that's happening, but all of my inner dialogue is from one person's where it's Mm -hmm. like this one person is kind of like driving the scene that's happening. And so all my descriptions are from their point of view. Yeah. Um, and I get like one set of eyes to see everything through. Yeah. Um, and so when you kind of approach it, like, okay, if I'm going to break somebody's arm and I am like actually going to break their arm, what does that sound like for me as the person doing it? Uh, is it like a sickly snap that just kind of yeah. like makes you want to barf if you've never broken somebody's arm before? And eventually like you get used to it. So I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I just broke his arm. Yeah. And then like, you know, what is, what's on that guy's face after you just broke his arm? Like mm-hmm. what is his emotional state like? And you know, does he get sick? Cause he's never seen his arm broken or, you know, is it like yeah. nasty? Is there like a bone sticking up out of his arm? And like, yeah. you know, like how good is he, you know, for the rest of this fight scene? Like, is he just a total waste of a human being now? Cause his arm's broken. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Things like that. When you approach it from this person's perspective, it kind of opens the whole thing up and you're like, Oh wow. There's a whole lot I can do here. Like I can, yeah. I can go many different directions with this and I can make it really interesting. And once you put the reader in that person's perspective, Mm -hmm. game changed. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like changes the entire way you like perceive the whole thing. Yeah. Um, And just makes it more enjoyable to read um, other than it just being like kind of a more or less an info dump. Right. Yeah. Of just like, here you go. Here it is. Um, and I think as you were describing that, I kind of compared it to like also filmmaking of like when you're showing that, like, you know, you do that and you like show the person's kind of guttural reaction to kind of everything happening as you're following yeah. that character. Like I remember you made a video last semester and, and this is strictly on just action scenes, but um, it could go with other ways as well. How you were saying like, you want to show the action. Like you don't want it to yeah. be like, Hey, are they punching each other up here? Well, here's their feet. Like, <laughs> Right. You know, Cause I think it was like some crappy Jason Bourne fight, you know? And it was like, and when you compare that to like John wick or like this new movie that came out extraction and it's like, right. The difference is like, it's night and day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, or it's like, you know, I mean, it's, and I think comparing it to writing, it's like, you've got this just mediocre action scene versus like this. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, I could, yeah. Had I be like, had I, read that for the first time and like I was not the one who just you know obviously I was the kind of the creator of the story um I would have been like ooh, uh you know versus where yeah. if I would have read mine I would have been like cool <laughs> like <laughs> nice sweet cool yeah. moving on <laughs> like yeah you know it's like you don't linger on it as much and so like I think it's also kind of made me like a better reader in a way like yes. not that like I don't know how to read <laughs> but like I can appreciate what an author is doing when they're describing a scene. Yes. Um, 100%. Cause I was writing it and like, uh, and I remember I was looking back to like some star Wars books that I read a couple years ago. And there was like, there's one part where there's like a space battle going 
And they're like, yeah, so like the Y-wing flipped this way and turned back. And I was like, I'm like, like I'm getting like stuck on it in my head. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to be getting stuck on it as much. Cause it's like, you want to describe what's happening, but also like, if you're getting like stuck on it, then it's kind of a problem. And, and maybe that was also maybe a problem with the book. I don't know. <laughs> Although that person I think is an incredible writer. Um, it's, it was Star Wars Battlefront Inferno Squad, I think, was it? And it's like the beginning, like okay. the, like the Death Star. They're essentially, she's in a t- TIE fighter, like Merc yep. and Rebels and stuff. Um, but, but yeah. And so now like after I've read some more, I would like YA novels and stuff. I think like now I could probably approach you know, I don't think I've ever really read like an adult fantasy book before because like when someone describes like, you know, Game of Thrones, I'm like, Ugh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and also because like I haven't seen the show all the way. Like through. definitely like, I- if OK, if you can get through the books, I will give you a disclaimer. The books are at times difficult to read. Yeah. Um, they're kind of written in like an older style. Yeah. That one of the main complaints of the books is like the the prose is sometimes difficult to get through yeah if you can get past that the characters are so good and so yeah. rich like the show is 30 percent of what the characters are in the books yeah and the show's characters are wonderful so like uh it, definitely read the books first if you can get through them oh god first you, yes 100 percent. because you appreciate so you what- the show that much more oh really yeah is that like, what you did I, uh, what did I do? I think I started the show and then started reading the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've since gone back and watched the show after reading, I think I'm like in the third book right now. So I'm like, I want to say the show covers, what is it like four or five books or something like yeah. that? Ones that um, have not been written. <laughs> yeah. And then like the last two seasons are just, you know, the authors, or yeah. the, the writers of the show. Um, but you appreciate the characterizations that much more in the mm-hmm. show after reading the books. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of feels, it gives visuals to these things that you've been imagining in your mind already. Mm-hmm. And they truly like jump out of your TV and you're like, Oh my gosh, like these are real people. Yeah. Which is just insane to me, but you know, like something in somebody's head like is a real thing. Yeah. That kind of blows my mind, but it truly does that. And I think you could probably go either way on it. Mm-hmm. I would suggest reading the books first because it's not as like tropey or cliche like the show became. Um, yeah. And it's just really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, granted, it's kind of difficult to get through at some point. Yeah. So you got to take um, that into account. Okay. Well, I guess since it's, we're kind of, I think we've almost been doing this for an hour. I have two final questions. Okay. Um, so the first one is, and this one's kind of a smaller question, playing on what you just said. This is not necessarily like a big ambitious question. Would you ever, like, have you ever imagined that your books that you're writing turning into an actual, like, maybe a yes, a series or a, you know, a movie or something like that? Would you ever even want wow. that? I'm sure so you never, they need to get published. That. They need to get published first. We'll yeah, start yeah. with that. Yeah. We'll start at the bottom. Um, you know, I want to see it in Barnes and Noble. But that would be really cool. Yeah. That would be so because I've got the filmmaking background and already right. like a love for that art form, mm-hmm. having this story that I came up with told in a different medium and told well, like it, yeah. it can't just be like some campy, stupid thing. Like it would have yeah. to be told well. If it's told well, that would absolutely flabbergast me. Like that would be beyond the pale in terms of 
like that would be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. The absolute coolest thing ever. Yeah. As long as, as long as, I mean, I think from your perspective, since you have that background, you would almost, you'd have to be hands on though. Cause some of these, I like, would, yeah. some of these, like, you know, I'm taking a class next year, which I'm really excited for. And it's, you know, translating essentially a book to a screen, like, you know, those adaptations. Yeah. Um, and many times people are like, well, that wasn't as good as in the book. And, and I've read my fair share of books that have turned into movies that, uh, that I've been disappointed with, or, right. you know, I, I compare them and I'm like, well, these are kind of two separate entities. Yeah. Um, it'd be really cool though. Um, I, I mean, I think it'd be kind of a t- akin to probably the closest thing is, uh, is JK Rowling with Harry Potter. Cause she was yeah. pretty hands-on with those movies. Yeah. Um, and that way you kind of got like what you saw in the books is what you got in the movies, unless obviously pretty they had to cut, cut stuff down for, for run times. Yeah. So I think that could be really cool, especially cause you're not doing, you're not planning on doing like seven books and, you know, no. spinoffs or whatever. <laughs> no, and they just blew up or something, but yeah. Know, yeah. Um, Unless the yeah, story you, just explodes, it'll, it'll just be three. Yeah. Yeah. I actually what I have another question on top of whatever I was going to ask and I kind of forgot, but it'll come back to me. What's the, what's the publishing process like for people who may not know? Cause you've kind of described it to me before, but mm-hmm. like, I think it's something that common audiences do not know. And I'm curious, yeah. like, like what's that been like? So I have not gotten into it. So you kind of have to take this with a grain of salt because I have not done some of these steps that Mm -hmm. I'll talk about yet. I just kind of like have a knowledge of what they are and generally speaking, what you can do. And I've, you know, watched some workshops and things like that, just information about publishing. Um, So it's honestly like drinking water from a fire hydrant. There is any number of things you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, but from what I've found, there's two routes you can go down. You can go down a self-publishing route and you can go down a traditional publishing route. Um, and they're very, very different. And I think they have different goals in mind. Um, I think self-publishing, from what I can tell, seems to be like it's either you have an audience already and you just want to get this work out to your audience. And it's like you're not worried about, is anybody going to read this? Self-publishing is you already know people are going to eat it up. So you're just publishing it by yourself. You're not Mm -hmm. going through the long drawn out process of traditional publishing, which can take like a year, two years, whatever, just to get everything together. It's quicker. So if you've got the already built up audience, that's probably a pretty good way to go. Or if you're just writing something for fun and you don't care about how many people read it, self-publishing can be the way to go because you just want to get it out. Um, and you know, it's not like a one size fits all. Like sometimes people self publish and then they get picked up by a major publisher and they get a book contract. Um, one of the most recent books I read, uh, the rage of dragons, he wrote the book, self published it. Um, and it did really well on like Reddit forums and things like that. Like the r slash fantasy Reddit thread or the subreddit, um, it exploded and was super recommended. Um, and so tons of people read it because, you know, it was popular on Reddit. Yeah. And then he got picked up by Orbit, which is a pretty large fantasy publisher. Um, And so now he's got a book contract for a trilogy. So things like that can happen. um, But typically you end up kind of going in one or the other boat. Um, I think I'm going to try and be uh, traditionally published. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have either one of those two scenarios that makes it really good for self-publishing. I don't have a pre set up audience. So I don't have thousands of people that are going to read it straight off the rip. And I do want people to actually read it. So I'm not just going to put it out there into the ether and just kind of let it go. Um, So I'll probably try and 
go traditional publishing and you know granted that draws out the process longer and in getting it onto into people's hands um and i think you just kind of have to know that going in but the way that goes um from what i can tell is you uh query to an agent um and so that basically means i have to go find agents uh, so I can do that by looking up authors I like and figuring out who their agent is mm-hmm. and just like sending a query letter to them. Um, and that looks like it's essentially you're pitching your novel to that agent to see if they w- want to represent it to the publishing houses. Um, and so they might respond with, I don't like it, which happens a ton. Uh, the common theme is you get rejection letters and they just stack up, stack up, stack up. So you kind of have to have thick skin, which I guess I will learn the hard way once that starts. Um, but they, uh, they might ask for an excerpt. So that might be like a chapter or a prologue. Um, so they can kind of get a feel for what your writing is like. And if they like that, they might send uh, like a longer excerpt, like, Hey, send me the whole book or like send me the half of the book or something like that. Uh, usually when that happens, that's a pretty good thing. Like that means yeah. they're, they're hooked so far. Um, and so this process can take several months. It could even take like a year. Um, takes a while. That's a common thread with traditional publishing is it just takes a while. Um, so then if the agent decides they want to represent you, they will take your manuscript and they will start lobbying it to publishers. Um, and at that point you kind of just have to sit back and wait and your agent can, or will, you know, if they get a deal for you, they will call you up and be like, all right, I've got a book deal with this publisher. Let's say for kicks and giggles, it's like a $10,000 advance. And it's, um, what, what does it usually end up being like uh, a $10,000 advance and they'll publish it. And, you know, I'm blanking on some of the details, but it can be something like that. Um, And then maybe uh, they lobbied it to several different publishers and a bunch of different publishers were really interested in it. And then you can get into a bidding war, which sounds really great because that means you make a a larger advance up front, but that could also be bad because an advance basically means that that's how much the publisher thinks they can sell your book for. Um, So like if you get a $10,000 advance, that means like the publisher is saying, we're going to make at least 10 grand on this book. Um, And so then you can out earn your advance and then you make royalties and you can just rack up. That's where authors make a ton of money is they out earn their advances and they start making royalties on these books that are selling. That's why JK Rowling is a billionaire. That's why George R. R. Martin is a millionaire. They're yeah. earning royalties on these books that are just wildly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't happen to everybody. In fact, that doesn't happen to most anybody. It's very, um, very tiny percentage. I'm sure very small percentage that happens to, but if you're that lucky, you know, bravo for you. Um, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope that happens, but that might be a pipe dream. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So it is a super long drawn out process to go traditional publishing. And there is a ton of nuance that I kind of left out there. Um, uh, that's the gist of it. That's the general gist. Uh, Brandon Sanderson is a uh, pretty famous fantasy author. He's probably like the biggest up and coming fantasy authors. Right. And he posts lectures on his YouTube channel. And I think the one he did about traditional publishing is like 45 minutes to an hour long. So, Ooh. <laughs> and it was just info dump. And I remember I watched it and I literally turned the video off afterwards and I had a headache because I was like, that was That's so insane. dense. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, but there's a lot there. So, okay. So yeah, there's a ton there. So like what, 
I guess the final question is like, what's your, what's your next step? Uh, what, what are you doing right now? And what's your <clears> next step in, in this whole thing? Yeah. So right now I am, I guess, in what you would call second draft mode. Um, and this is basically the part where I'm like trying to prove <laughs> that this was not like lunacy the whole time that like, mm -hmm. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so the first draft was super raw. There was a lot that needed to be fixed. In the second draft, now I'm going back and fixing all these holes. And then I will probably write one more draft, which is just like tightening the language and things like that. Um, and then I will get that second and third draft proofread. I've got like a one uh, professor who's reading over it and kind of giving me feedback on it. And then what I'll try and do if I can get people interested is to um, <clears throat> have like a group of people that I give the manuscript to that will read it and then give me more feedback on it. It's kind of like a last gasp before I start querying it to agents. Yeah. It's like, okay, is there any glaring issues that I have missed that the people who have read this so far have missed? Um, just to kind of make sure it's pretty good. It's a somewhat nice, polished tight. project. There's yeah. not anything that's like, dude, you totally went over this. <laughs> like, Right, yeah, yeah. I don't want to have any glaring issues with it. And then I will start querying it to agents and mm -hmm. depending on how that goes um you know hopefully within like six months to a year that gets picked up um if not i might think about self-publishing because by that point i'll be so sick of just waiting you yeah. know hopefully I, I stay strong and i'm like all right i want to get the self or uh, uh traditionally published and i'm gonna like really stick it out but mm -hmm. you know i don't know what my mindset will be like yeah at that point hopefully by then i'll have already finished the second manuscript yeah <clears throat> so you know at that point i'll have like a more cohesive story um plus honestly like i don't know about you in your writing but i'm like really self-conscious about it and i oh, don't yeah. know if it's any good yeah and like i really don't want it to suck and i kind of want that uh validation that like okay this is good and i really want eyes on it like i've been looking at this thing for a year I've been writing this thing for so freaking long and you know, like two people have read it. Yeah. Um, it's a very small amount of people who have actually looked at it more than just, I think one person's read it all the way through. So, and, and that was like a super nerve wracking experience. Cause I'm like, okay, have I been wasting my time? <laughs> like, yeah. is this terrible? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and I didn't get that back. So that was good, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really do. Like I, I'm at the point now where I'm like itching to have people, have it in people's hands. And I know yeah. in a published sense that will not happen for a long time, but um, you know, I really want to know like, okay, have I been, again, like, have I been wasting my time? Like, is this a good book that people are interested in? Is it entertaining? Are you invested in it? Or is it, you know, like some people may not like it and that's just part of it. Like not mm -hmm. everybody's going to love it. Um, but I hope that it's a story that people can get into and that they can be fans of. Cause like, I'm a huge fan of it even now. Um, and so, yeah, I like, I want people to like it <laughs> at this yeah. point. And so I'm hoping that that's where it goes from here on out that yeah. it kind of is like this linear progression of like, okay, it's small steps are being taken to where, you know, hopefully in like a year, two years, three years down the road, it's traditionally published. It's on a bookshelf on Barnes and Noble books a million, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can like check that off the list of walking into Barnes and Noble and buying my book. Yeah. Like that would be, you know, like having it adapted, that's like way high up here on, you know, the totem pole. Yeah. You know, Barnes and Noble and buying it. That is 
that's going to be the coolest day of my life. I might cry. And and yeah, I'm going to be like, I wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be like, I don't care, dude. No, yeah. like, I'll, I'll sign it for you. And they're like, I don't care. <laughs> That'd be great though. Yeah. I'm, I for one am very excited to read it myself. Um, I hope I'm one of the people that maybe gets to think, take a look at it. I think you're um, going to be in that pool of people yeah, yeah. pre-publication. Because I'm just like, I'm clamoring for something like new and I'm already like a fan of this just because you are. And I think it's really cool that you're, you yourself are a fan of your own property, which I don't know if that's vain or not. In my opinion, I don't think it is. I think it's like, it just shows yeah, that knows? you, that you enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And um, I think, I think you've got, a good potential for it to, to get published. And you just, you got to be patient and yes, I mean, you've got a job now, so, you know, you've got, yeah. it's obviously not like your depend, your life depends on it. It's not like you're going to be homeless or anything, but right. As long as you keep chipping away at it and making it your passion. I mean, everybody has their own kind of their side passion. Mine is my, my podcast, comic blast podcast, everybody go comic check it blast out. <laughs> underscore on uh, Twitter and Twitter, Twitter, or Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously like the book is yours, you know, yeah. the hollow crown, hollowed hollow or ho- hollow, hollow crowns. crowns. Okay. Hollow yeah. crowns, multiple crowns, multiple crowns. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is Somebody it hollow, asked- hollow with an O or hollow with an A? Oh, with an O. Okay. <laughs> I had so think like hollow is empty, not hollow as in yes. like the deathly hollows. No. Yeah. You know, in <laughs> fact, somebody at one point asked me what it meant and I was like, Well, well, I mean, I, I mean, you told me about like what like happens in the plot though, and it's like, I mean, it's kind of like the void of this crown, you know, like obviously someone filled it, but it's like it's kind of empty and like there's kind of a lost purpose. I get it, I understand yeah. it right off the bat, yeah. But I mean, it's obviously you have to read the book to figure out. It's not like, yeah, it's not like I mean, any book that you're gonna like read, it's like unless it's like Harry Potter where it's like, okay, it's about a kid named Harry Potter. Like, right. Yeah. Like is, you, you cannot tell what this thing is about based on the yeah. title. Like the title yeah. gives you nothing. I mean, Game of Thrones <laughs> doesn't tell you anything. It's like, no, like the series okay. is called a song of ice and fire. Like that yeah. just sounds like a poem. Like, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, that sounds so dumb. Like, why is it called that? <laughs> Game of Thrones is a way better title. I'm right. like, George yeah. R. R. Martin, what are you doing? And yeah. even like, you've got like Lord of the Rings, which is like, it's like who's the lord oh oh sauron okay okay yeah yeah you have, to, you have to read it first but obviously right, you have to read it, it, it to make sense if it has a compelling title then it's going to be intriguing so right yeah um but yeah i mean that should do it i i had a i had other questions with like you i mean it's i ask these questions and you kind of we delve into other ways and stuff like that so i think it was a pretty solid discussion slash interview whatever you want to call it i would say it. that that turned out quite well yeah <laughs> hopefully yeah. we keep doing this going forward i don't know yeah i mean i i honestly just texted you i was like hey let's you know let's do this thing and you know yeah. see where it goes hopefully it is you know something that continues but um, yeah. i think this will go up on youtube yeah uh it'll be just my youtube channel um, yeah and then hopefully you know some people are interested in it yeah and then and then i assume you're going to find i'd assume you find some way to transcribe this so that like you can put it on the 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 blog post thing because i think that it could probably blow up on there as well if people want to read it you know don't want to listen to it yeah although it would save you time i feel like to listen to it It Um, but (laughs) but yeah um but yeah man that should do it you got anything else left to say uh no i think that we pretty much covered all nine yards and all three bases and (laughs) that i appreciate you coming on doing this with me hopefully we continue doing it and yeah of course uh, 
I guess we'll see everybody who cares about this in the next one, whenever that shows up, whenever that happens. All right. Sounds good. I can't do my usual outro, but it's fine. You know, we'll just, uh, we'll figure that out later. You know what? I'm going (laughs) to say it anyway. Shazam.